0: There's no mea culpa.
1: It's a fact of life, Carol. It's a fact of life. Yeah. Hacks happen. <laughs> breaches occur. Get over it, they're saying. What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. We have a First Amendment right to be hacked. And anyone who's <laughs> going to prevent us from being hacked... Smashing Security, Episode 168, The Bitcoin Fraud Factory, with Carol Terrio and Graham Cluely. Hello, hello, and welcome to Smashing Security, episode 168. My name's Graham Clearly,
0: And I'm Carol
1: Terrio. And we're joined this week, Carol, of course, by a special guest. He's coming to us fresh from the RSA conference. It's the CyberWires' Dave Bittner.
0: Hello. (laughs) Never have I been so glad that we do this remotely after you guys get out of a huge conference like this. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, and the highlight of the conference for me was getting to meet Graham. Aww.
0: Oh, you guys had a little love in, didn't you?
1: We did. We did. Yes. We did. We've now, never physically encountered each other. Before. We did. It was wonderful. Now, Graham,
0: did you get a Cyberwire t shirt? Because I know you gave Dave a slashing uh, a ah. security t shirt.
2: Um, Sadly, we had no CyberWire T-shirts to give <laughs> oh. out, but the oh. next time we order some, I will make sure that some make their way across the pond. Thank you very much, Carol, for reminding were they,
0: me. Were they too heavy for your hand luggage, David? Because Graham had to bring it all the way from England.
1: Yes, I know. Wow. I did. Just very be nice. careful with sizing, because I believe that in America, a lot of things are sized and it says triple XL, when in mm-hmm. fact, I am a medium, but I have to wear triple XL in your size. So um, <laughs> so just be sure to send over. Yeah. Okay. I Good. see. I can do that. Carol, what's coming up on the show this week?
0: First, thanks to this week's sponsors, LastPass and Domain Tools. Their support helps us give you this show for free. Now, Graham takes us to the Bitcoin Fraud Factory. David dons his election hat and tells us how Twitter is going to help us. And I take the surveillance pulse. Am I the only one in the world who hates it? All this and much more coming up on this episode of Smashing Security.
1: Now, chums, chums, Bitcoin has been an extraordinary phenomenon, hasn't it? Mm. Originally, I think we, all, we were all kind of annoyed with ourselves. We we're all kicking ourselves, thinking, oh, why didn't we back in 2011, why didn't we invest a little bit of money in Bitcoins? You know, just like the nerds and the neckbeards. Oh, it's money, we're, money, money with you. What Well, well, yeah, well <laughs> money does help, Carl. Money does help. When mm-hmm. you always got... want more, well, it's, 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 I'll
0: tell you something that I have that people family. like Let's you and Jeff Bezos don't have, and you'll mm. never have hair enough.
1: Oh, deep, deep, man. <laughs> oh, wow. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, I pulled you off track. Oh, no, it's all right. I didn't know we had Deepak Chopra on the show <laughs> this week. Um, but anyway, that's uh, anyway, if we had. We'd have millions by now because the price soared, of course. And it took some years for the great unwashed public to see what was going on and for them to dip their toes into the water as well. But there were dangers lurking, weren't there? There was a danger you'd have your your little tootsies bitten, which wouldn't be good at all.
0: I'm not knowing mm-hmm. really what you're referring to. How, your analogy well, say, is a bit I'm, weird. I,
1: I'm, I'm saying <laughs> that if you were to dip your toe into the Bitcoin cryptocurrency waters and you didn't take enough care, there were dangers there. Oh, mm. right. There might be okay. sharks. Piranhas.
0: Swimming beneath the surface. Right. right okay. Exactly. I'm with you now.
1: Now, well done to the <laughs> Swedish newspaper, Dagen uh, Nieder, which with their journalist colleagues around the world, they released a very scary story of a Bitcoin fraud factory running out of Ukraine. Okay. Hmm. So what's going on is this: in Kiev, there is a swanky office building. It looks like it looks like Harrods from the photographs I've seen. On the top two floors. So shishi. Oh, it's very shishi. More than two hundred young people are working seven days a week. You know, you'd think, oh, poor people working in that call cool center. Well, don't feel so sorry for them because they are in the business of defrauding unsuspecting investors around the world, according to this newspaper report. And we know this because a whistleblower working at the company brought evidence to Dagen and took a secret camera into the building to film what was going on.
0: Ooh,
1: Yeah. Have, have I ever been fitted up with a secret camera
0: or a I microphone? I would never confirm or deny such a thing
1: hmm i've had it done to me actually i have really had, yes i've had a tv company not fit a secret camera to me but fit a secret microphone to me and um because they wanted a, a conversation to be recorded between myself and the people who are the subject of this documentary and um unfortunately <laughs> the microphone wasn't that secret it was a little bit obvious. It was like,
0: great. Was it nestled in your chest was, hair or something? Was, a huge, a huge normal mic? They,
1: they sort of, they well, they were sort of scrabbling around. They suddenly had this idea. They thought, oh, we could mic you up. We could mic you up and you could go in. And I'm like, all right, okay. And so they put this microphone on, but it was a great big, um, like, <laughs> it was like a pop shield, a sort of, fluffy, <laughs> oh my sort God. of on my, on my lapel of my jacket. Oh, and I thought, yeah. That's subtle. Yeah,
0: but isn't it illegal to record without the other party being aware well, that you're recording?
1: Well, here in
2: the States, it depends. Uh, for example, here in yeah, here in Maryland, we are a two-party consent state. So it is illegal yeah. without permission. But there are some states where you can do it. Mm.
1: And I don't know if there are different rules if you're an investigative journalist, which was, they were the people who were sending me in. Oh, uh, I mean, I don't want to strike. Anyway, the fact is, the person I was speaking to said, that's a microphone, isn't it? And I said, (laughs) yeah. So we didn't get anything that juicy. Anyway, (laughs) the whistleblower who was sent in with the the secret camera, he wasn't taken in with a Sony camcorder or something like that. I imagine it was a bit smaller than that. And he managed to film what was going on. And uh, that was quite an achievement because normally staff at this particular place in Kiev have to leave their smartphones at the door because clearly the firm is a little bit nervous. About outsiders finding out what is going on inside.
0: So this guy went in, he worked there, but he put on secret cameras to go and film the naughty stuff that was going on inside this Bitcoin fraud factory. Yes. Okay.
1: At the requests of the journalists, they had rented a room on the other side of the street and were watching the goings on via a telephoto lens. What the their- journalists were? Yeah, the journalists were right. as their undercover man was working inside. And, you Ooh, know, I think, I think okay. they were also a bit worried as to what might happen. If he was found out, because, you know, Mm. potentially this is quite a physically dangerous thing to do, unlike when I tried to do it. But anyway,
0: so. I wouldn't really think a Bitcoin fraud factory would be the height of, you know, danger. Well,
1: if you're making maybe $70 million from your fraud being committed at that place, then Mm. maybe you could call upon a few heavies to duff someone up. Or perhaps worse. Yeah, I that's think- not jump Ooh. change. You're absolutely yeah, right. Yeah, I think I think you've got to be careful with organised criminals who are working in this way. So what's happening is this: there are folks out there who are being ensnared by online ads. Sometimes shown on Facebook, sometimes in mobile phone games, and the ads will claim to come from a legitimate investment company. And sometimes they've used the faces of famous celebrities like money saving expert Martin Lewis, who's well known in the UK, or a uh, Gordon Ramsay, Uh, a very (laughs) Mm (laughs) foul-mouthed. Chef, uh, or uh, the greatest showman, Hugh Jackman. I don't know why they chose. Oh, why? Well, because he's, he's, he's a well, Bitcoin don't... genius. I don't know. I don't know. But <laughs> I think he's
0: sometimes... just so handsome.
2: That's all. <laughs> he's just handsome. He, isn't he you a see werewolf? Hugh Jackman scroll by, you're going to stop and and see. You can't help yourself. You get lost in those dreamy eyes.
0: Yeah, no, he doesn't do it for me. But uh, yeah. we all know who does it for me. But yeah, he, my a lot of my friends are big fans of Mr. Hugh. Jackman. Wait, what
1: do you, we all know, who does it for you, Carol? <sighs> Jeff Goldblum. Oh, not again. Three uh, weeks. Four. Uh, three, is it four weeks we've had mentions of Jeff yes, Goldblum? Yes, yes, Oh,
0: goodness.
2: Yes, yes.
0: Oh, One goodness. day he'll come on the show.
1: Anyway, they will use different celebrities based upon the territory that they are targeting. So someone like Martin Lewis probably isn't known outside the UK, but in Sweden, you would have, um, I don't know, Benny and Bjorn. Yeah, <laughs> Swedish chef from the Muppets—you know, something like that. You know, they, they'd use oh, some boy. Swedish celebrities. Oh. Uh, but, but, um, but what's been offered is an easy way to jump on the Bitcoin bandwagon and become a billionaire yourself. Now, the scammers say that they will make it easy for the wannabe investors to trade in cryptocurrency and stocks. So they try and set up a business relationship with you. It's a bit like, you know, I have a financial advisor, right? And he comes around and he pretends to be my friend. Uh, Like everyone. (laughs) He's made his little notes in his little black book about mem to ask him about the kids and how the podcast's going.
0: (laughs) Didn't he say blog last time you asked about your podcast? Well,
1: yes, last time. Last time. (laughs) He said oh, yes, yeah, so how's the podcast going? I oh, said, so, all right, all right. And he said, uh, yeah, he said, I haven't seen them for a while, uh, but normally I go on YouTube and check them out. And I'm thinking, mm. what? We don't video mm-hmm. it. What you like? Anyway, so <laughs> the scammers, they pretend that they're your mates. And it's like, we're in partnership You know, I will take your money and I'll help you make millions. So they they
0: target it afterwards. So you click on an ad, you kind of reach out saying, oh, I'm interested in this. And then you get like a basically normal
1: guy calls you up and says, hey, let me. And then the phone calls begin. And then they Mm -hmm. begin to charm
0: you. Laughing at your jokes. Exactly, exactly.
1: <laughs> and apparently, they have been given a cheat sheet as to how to deal with victims in different countries, right? Oh, i so, to see that. Well, you can see it because I'll <gasps> link in the show notes where you can see these documents. And it turns out, for instance, in Scandinavia, often their victims were often elderly. And they just wanted someone to talk to, it says. So pitch to them quietly and gently and make an emotional mm. connection.
0: Was that how I have to talk to you now,
1: Graham? Well, no, because I'm British. <laughs> it's
0: different. Oh, right. How do I do it for British old grumpy men? For Brits,
1: <laughs> it says, they seem to know everything in the world and have a great ego, it says. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, Graham. They You're believe so right. themselves to be highly intelligent. Don't argue with them, it says, Carol. Just make oh. them feel clever. That's where you go going wrong. But you
0: are clever. So <laughs> clever. Both of you are.
1: And uh, apparently sometimes, after a while, the scammer will actually award their client with a certificate pronouncing them a master trader. So you feed their ego and fluff them up. <laughs> but these victims are often persuaded to install software onto their computers. Now, it's legitimate software like TeamViewer and AnyDesk, but it gives... The scammer's remote control over the PC. And this will often Mm -hmm. be sort of like, well, it's a little bit hard to learn how to use the investment software. Let me show you how to do it. (laughs) Because, of course, you've got a relationship now. It's Pete who's ringing you up and helping you. And like, oh,
0: Pete, what would I do? What did I do without
1: you? Right. And Mm -hmm. also, they don't ring up and say, hi, we're ringing from Kiev in Ukraine. They will claim to be based in the UK, for instance, if they're speaking to British customers. But… Through this remote control software, the bad guys are setting up loans with high interest rates, up to 39% being taken out in their victims' names. And the scam continues. On the website, victims are seeing that their money, their funds are increasing at enormous rates. They think everything's going really, really well until they try to withdraw the money. And that proves Mm -hmm. impossible. It's a bit like the missing crypto queen.
0: Yeah, I was just thinking that. Yeah. exactly so it's a similar model but on a much smaller scale
1: right people's wallets you know were they thought were increasing enormously but they simply couldn't get the money out and these scammers they're earning monthly commissions they're filling their pockets they don't care about the lives they're ruining because they're making loads of money but they're tasked with making 300 calls a day to extract more money from investors
0: <laughs> god you'd not want to talk to anyone if you got home after doing 300 calls and you had a partner they're like hi dear shut up well it does seem it does seem like it's completely
1: crazy. It's like you'll have one person calling you up, and then your phone starts buzzing at you to tell you there's someone on the other line, and it's another scammer from the same organisation so you just mm-hmm. end up getting all these calls. so it's become a huge problem, and some people have lost a vast amount of money. some people have had to sell their houses to try and make up for the loans which did you say and-
0: seventy million?
1: million is estimated to have been taken. Maybe it's even more than that, but that's that's what the documents are suggesting.
2: And then there are the the folks who call after you've lost the money, who are also
1: part of the scammers calling to help you get your money back. That's exactly what happens, is that you'll get these calls claiming to come from lawyers, for instance, saying, oh, we're working on helping people extract their money.
0: You're kidding me. No. It's like a double whammy.
1: And they Mm -hmm. say it just cost you $1,000. And we'll help you extract the money. And they managed to get even more of the money out of you. It's absolutely horrendous.
2: Do we know what caused this whistleblower to flip?
1: It's not really said. Um, mm. you, you get the sense in the video and in some of the reports that they were just frankly disgusted because they got the job there and then realized what they were doing. Hmm. And it's really heartless what's going on. But the other thing which is really upsetting is it appears the police haven't really done anything about it. So, for instance, Doug and Nita went to the Swedish police. And apparently, although there have been plenty of victims in Sweden, investigations have been dropped, presumably because they think there's little chance of success. But yeah. people are losing out to a large degree.
2: We've heard that, particularly uh, the Russian scammers who do this, that there's sort of an agreement that as long as they
1: don't go after their own countrymen, right. that they'll be left alone. Yeah. That seems to be an issue, yes, throughout cybercrime, is Russian cybercriminals, as long as you don't poop on your own doorstep, they'll turn a blind eye. Yeah,
2: and this one, of course, is, is manually run. But a lot of the automated ones, the ransomware attacks and things like that, they'll actually check your computer to see what yes. kind of keyboard you're using. Yes. If you're set up for a Russian language, it will leave you alone.
1: Yes. So you could try and defend yourself by setting your Windows settings to use Russian. Uh, rather than yeah, English, yeah. but uh, have other disadvantages.
2: Someone should just make a, a USB dongle that just blasts out and says, I'm a Russian keyboard, I'm a Russian keyboard, I'm a Russian yeah. keyboard. Or
0: Klingon.
1: Cli- um, <laughs> right, Klingon, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Could have the yeah. Romulan ransomware scam. Then, mm-hmm. the, the risks then. So don't get bitten by the Bitcoin bug, okay? Uh, you may think it's a false route to making you a multimillionaire, but it ain't necessarily so.
0: Yeah, Graham, Uh, take your own advice. Well, yeah, right. Well, you know. You're the one who feels left out. (laughs) Mm. Bring it up. Poor Mm.
1: you. Uh, Soma. It's
0: like Tiny Tim. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) That
1: isn't my T-shirt size, by the way. (laughs) Tiny Tim. (laughs) David, what's your story for us this week?
2: Well, I have to ask both of you. you yes. You're both on Twitter. And, of course, Smashing Security is on Twitter without a G because Twitter wouldn't let you have a G. Yep. Um, but do any of your accounts have the coveted blue check mark?
0: <laughs> We've had – someone else has asked me this question on this show before. <laughs> no, I do not. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Graham? I, I do on my personal account, but the Smashing you do? Security – I wonder what – what hoops we would have to jump through to get one?
2: Yeah, we recently got ours for the CyberWire. Oh,
1: la-di-da. Uh
2: And there were seg- there's a lot of hoops you do have to jump through. I tried to get one several years ago for my personal account and was promptly ignored. So I don't know what you've got going on that I do not, but... Uh,
0: you, well, now you've met him. You don't know.
2: <laughs> well, it's true. It's true. There is an aura around him. I mean, he is self-luminous. <laughs> Sorry <has>. about
0: that. So <laughs> why we do this remotely. That's right.
1: <laughs> I blame the hotel
2: toiletries. I see. Very good. Very good. Well, uh, one of my, <laughs> one of my uh, colleagues here wanted me to ask you if the, the blue check mark doesn't amount to an unconstitutional title of nobility. Um, but <laughs> – so with the elections coming up, Twitter recently announced that they would be verifying the accounts of political candidates. And this, right. is, yes. this is to help voters to have confidence that the Twitter accounts that are associated with these candidates are actually legit accounts. So
1: – You see, this, this is a slightly <laughs> – it's a slightly odd thing, this, isn't it? Because what is the actual per- – the purpose of this is presumably – so you only get accurate information from genuine political candidates, right. and the problem is that the genuine political candidates aren't going to give you accurate information. You might be better off going to the mm. satirical accounts. But it might
0: be good to know which ones are satirical and which ones are real. If you're, I suppose, you know, lots of people are confused yes. by mm-hmm. that. Graham, of course, yes. it never happens to you because you're so wise and British.
2: <laughs> are you trying to scam me? So this politician showed up on Twitter. His name is Andrew Walls. Uh, he had a, a website. Okay. He referred to himself as a proven business leader, a passionate advocate for students. And he was going to make change in Washington together. And that's what his Twitter account claimed. He was uh, a Republican from Rhode Island. He was running for Congress. Uh, and he got verified by Twitter. So a legit ac- mm. account, according to Twitter. But there was one problem.
0: <laughs> Who is it? Yeah. The
2: problem is that Andrew Walls does not exist. <laughs> oh, he was created by a 17-year-old high school student who was bored on winter break and decided to take it upon himself to test Twitter's verification process.
0: It's hard not to be impressed with someone like that. I'm sorry. I know, if you, I know that's probably wrong to say. Mom and dad are going to hate me.
2: But, yeah. So he said uh, – he told CNN that it took him about 20 minutes to create a website for his candidate and about five minutes to create the Twitter account. And this seems to be a, an interesting failure in the process that Twitter used. Evidently, Twitter was teaming up with uh, an organization called Ballotpedia, which is a nonprofit right. website. They call themselves the Encyclopedia of American Political Candidates. So by submitting this candidate to Ballotpedia, Ballotpedia then uh, checked that the candidate oh. had a website. Twitter relied on Ballotpedia for the verification. And Bob's your uncle.
0: (laughs) It seems a bit slapdash of Twitter, don't you think? Yes. That's all the vetting.
2: Yes. Yes. And so when CNN reached out to Twitter, Twitter suspended the account. Yay, Twitter. (laughs) But it's an interesting uh, story about how these things can break down and you can, the, the sort of the chain of custody of the existence of this person failed in this case.
1: Yeah, because that's the problem, isn't it? What, it would be kind of irritating if each and every one of us had to independently do the verification. Mm-hmm. And so you would use a third party service and you would assume that they have some level of competence. But if, if I could go to Ballotpedia and enter Dave Bittner for president mm-hmm. or something, mm-hmm. presidential candidate. <laughs>
0: Dave B for
1: press. <laughs> oh, wow, my goodness. So he wasn't using this for any sort of malicious purpose. He wasn't He was purely seeing whether he could get the little Mm tip.
2: Yeah, just experimenting to test the system.
0: Yeah, because didn't Twitter come forward a few weeks ago saying we're going to do a lot more to try and qualify the content? They did. Not just political stuff, but all – is it just for politics or was it for all kind of content?
2: Well, um, Twitter said they weren't going to take any political ads – Yes. Which is good, mm-hmm. I think. Um, yeah, th- the CNN did reach out to uh, Jeff Pallet, who is Ballotpedia's editor in chief, and uh, he was quoted as saying, "Ballotpedia definitely made a mistake here." There you go.
1: Right. <laughs> 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 okay. So <then. laughs> I, w- I wonder what sort of verification they do, or who they're relying upon, or whether people have to well upload some evidence that they're. Running as a candidate.
2: Yeah, and, and they, they did dig into this a little bit that, that because yeah. they wondered why not go to the election authorities to, to make sure that the candidates have registered. And Ballotpedia said that it's not unusual for a candidate to announce their candidacy, but wait until the last minute to actually yep. file their papers. Ah, so there can be a right. delay between them. And on Ballotpedia, they try to account for that. They will say that this candidate is announced but not officially in the system. And that seems like that's part of what happened here.
0: Right. Because I can understand that. I can totally see people would want to press go. You know, all systems go at the same time. Right. You know, Facebook page up, web page up, Instagram up, all the crap mm-hmm. up at the same time saying I'm announced. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So Ballotpedia mm. said that they, there's a difference between being a declared candidate and an officially filed candidate.
1: Yeah, and even if this wasn't the particular method, there may be other ways of – I'm trying to remember, because I've had my, my check mark for a while, I'm I'm trying to remember what on earth I had to do in order to I remember get it. it not
0: being easy.
2: No, I right. recall they, they wanted me to send them a copy of my driver's license.
0: You can trust them.
1: I know, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. Carole, it's worth it. It's for it's for a little it's tick. For, mark. It's for a blue check yeah. mark. Yes. Yeah, well, for, actually a it's lot. a good question. What, what do you
0: get for that? What VIP service? How has your
2: life been improved? What what sort of yeah. what sort of uh, what, wonderful what, things have rained down on you since you got your <laughs> blue yeah. what check? What red mark? carpet do you mm-hmm, walk on now exactly. that you've got your
1: check? I did see this. <laughs> there was there was a time when Jackdors- having a check mark was something a little bit exclusive? Oh, really? It was a case of I'm <laughs> it's like better a fist than bump you. From Jack Dorsey himself, mm-hmm. you should follow me on Twitter, not anybody else, because I've got one of these. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it hasn't really been. There. I, oh, really? I, I imagine
0: if they changed what, your life or anything, it hasn't.
1: There's <laughs> no
2: blue check mark, secret <laughs> handshake.
1: Now listen, listen. <laughs> you have both made an error. You've both fallen into the elephant trap, mm. and sometimes I've been guilty of it as well. You have referred to it as a blue check mark. The check mark is in fact oh, white. Oh god, here we go. On a
0: blue oh, background.
1: God. No, god. I think it's important Graham. because we get people sometimes criticizing our podcast, saying that we've made mistakes.
2: Oh. Graham, how do you spell pedantic?
1: <laughs> Last week there were complaints that I said that Carole, uh, I tried to pick Corolla up on saying that Pooh was attracted to flies. What? Mm-hmm. And yeah, well, Carol said it, or rather she said, but albeit in her Canadian accent, mm. <laughs> that Pooh was attractive to flies. I thought she said attracted. There was a bit of a hoo-ha on Twitter. <laughs> he
0: went all, no, well, no, no, Graham went all crazy uh, on the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I let him go. Just let go. Right, because it's easier, it. right? It's so I'd much said. easier to just no, let them go. No, him I knew go. what I'd yeah. said. Exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> then there was and the whole 10% of the world population currently can't move because of coronavirus. <laughs> just
0: said that they are experiencing, they weren't freely able to move. Okay, yeah. all
1: right. I'm just, i anyway, they're not blue check marks. Sorry, is no, this freaking God. apology? Oh, no.
0: <laughs> that, was that it? Okay, no, no, it's fine. No, no, you're so wise. Carol, do you have so a story wise. this week? Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, facial recognition time. I, a hot tip to our uh, Smashing Security guest, Jeff White, for tweeting this one out. Oh, yeah. I'd like to introduce you to the Dazzle Club. (laughs) What a great name. What a great name. I just think it's beautiful. Isn't that that place you and I
2: visited in San Francisco (laughs) together, Graham? Wasn't that? (laughs) I think I got
0: a verdazzle while I was out there. When you guys dressed up as Liza Minnelli? Uh, Yeah, right. (laughs) Exactly. <laughs> now, this is Dazzle Club is made up of four artists who are based in East London. And once a month, this quartet apply makeup that is camouflaged and right. they walk a silent walk through the streets of London. And this is all an artistic protest against the use of facial recognition cameras in London. Hmm. So, okay. the makeup is called CV Dazzle, and apparently, when applied correctly, it tricks cameras into being unable to detect a face. Oh. And what's interesting is the artist, one of the artists, Evie Price, is quoted as saying, what are they doing with the data that they're collecting? They say it's for safety purposes and preventative policing, but we don't have any evidence of that. What are they actually using it for? Hmm. So, so, you know, I read these kind of stories, and I think that's, you know, I'm kind of glad that people that aren't in our industry – aren't necessarily super comfortable with facial recognition. And you might remember that about, what, eight weeks ago, episode 162 with Michael Hux, (laughs) I did a story about Clearview AI. And this was the company that scraped the web, so Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, Mm. for literally billions and billions and billions of images of our faces. And the idea was putting them all into a searchable database so that you or an authority could upload a picture of anyone and get information on that person.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: we kind of talked about it and going, this isn't very cool. And loads of other media people got involved with it. Uh, there was a lot of stories. So one of them was Apple blocks Clearview AI facial recognition app for violating app store policies. Another one was uh, the creepy facial recognition companies reporting developing a surveillance camera. So currently it's an app and you have to put in pictures into the application. But if they had a camera, it would work seamlessly, wouldn't it? The AI chief executive went on that, uh, told CBS this morning that it was his first amendment right to collect public photos. So he's not backing <laughs> down. I don't know who owns the pictures. So maybe Dave, you know this, or Graham, you know this. Mm. If I put pictures up on, say, Facebook or Instagram or whatever, right. does that mean I own them? Or do they own them? I think it depends
1: what you you mean by own. I think suddenly you will have agreed to the social network's terms and conditions which will have given them permission to do whatever the heck they like with them, Right, I expect.
2: But I do think that these days, if you pull the picture, then you're basically revoking their right to use it. Ah, right. I believe that's in a lot of the terms and conditions these days. Right.
0: You know, if you think about this database built of billions and billions of pictures, right, taken from all these sites. So if I pulled my pictures from Facebook, but he had already, you know, this software had already grabbed it, it's there forever. Right? They're not deleting those pictures. Right. Graham, are you following me or no?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm following you. Yes,
0: Yes. okay, Okay. Yes. Okay. So, yeah. So they're in the press. They're being talked about surveillance cameras, and he's uh, defending his First Amendment rights. And then Clearview AI, news comes out that the database got hacked.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, bless them.
0: Clearview says that their servers weren't breached, but it's client list. It's in the wind. So basically, the people that have been using this, trialing it, purchasing it, those That list is now not in Clearview's control.
1: Oh, right. So it's not as though we as individuals have to worry that our photographs have been pinched and snaffled by someone else. Well, they're already taken. They're already pinched. Yeah, yeah that, that horse has left the barn. Well, they've been taken by Clearview, but they haven't necessarily been got by other people. But mm-hmm. now we can find out, because of this breach, who was working and supporting
0: Clearview. Yes. Well, whoever has stolen the information can, mm, certainly. Right. Right. Now, it's kind of ironic, maybe that the cops purchased a service and that service has now leaked the information on the, the fact that they were using it. I don't know, mm-hmm. there's something a little bit messy there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does highlight the need that we need to take our business partners seriously and make sure that they take security seriously. Okay, so another weird side note here. Clearview, so during this hack, Clearview made a statement. Clearview AI made a statement. And it's kind of unusual. So they told the BBC News, uh, security is Clearview's top priority. Unfortunately, data breaches are part of life in the 21st century. Our <laughs> servers were never accessed. We patched the flaw and continued to strengthen our security. So there's no mea culpa. It's a fact of life, girl. It's a fact of life. Yeah. Hacks happen. <laughs>
1: breaches occur. Get over it they're saying.
0: What are you going to do?
1: <laughs> we, we have a first amendment right to be hacked. And anyone who's going to prevent us from being hacked is So in other up. words,
0: in other words, this is business speak for sorry we fucked up. Is that is that it?
2: I'm just imagining your bank just saying, "You know, banks get robbed. It's just the way it goes and your your money is gone and it's just a fact of everyday life." So chin up, tomorrow on. will be nicer. Yes. Ex- <laughs> you didn't yeah. That money's just gone.
0: Now, here, this gets really interesting now. So, in the case of we were talking earlier about the Dazzle Club, right? And they are talking about the you yes. know, the facial surveillance that on in the UK. Well, mm-hmm. the UK cops say, hey, look, we are doing this, but we only keep pictures of people of interest. So, immediately, you're not a person of interest that's flagged. That picture is dumped immediately. And the people of interest, their picture, we only keep for a maximum of 31 days. Okay, yeah. Now, in the case of Clearview, Clearview says uh, on their website, clearly, it says the search engine is available only for law enforcement agencies and select security professionals to use as an investigative tool. And its results contain only public information. So since I did this story six weeks ago, they have changed their website quite radically and their messaging has changed quite radically. Mm -hmm. But they're making it very clear that this is – Clearview exists to help law enforcement agencies solve the toughest cases. And our technology comes with a strict (laughs) guidelines and safeguards to ensure investigators use it for the intended purposes only. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking, okay, you know, at least they're being – they're trying to control who has access to this. Because, you know, I was thinking about, God, I don't want, you know, the security guy at some Walmart, you know, to be able to just – Focus on anyone in store and know where they live and see all their social profiles.
1: Oh, so if I was the security guard at your local supermarket, there I am wolfing down some donuts, I wouldn't be able to... Spot you, take your photograph, upload it to Clearview and find out your name in case... Well, I they're don't.
0: saying they're only giving access to the software to, uh, as what the word, law enforcement agencies and select security professionals. Is uh, and, on mm-hmm. and
1: how are they determining who's legitimate? Are they looking for Twitter check marks or something like that? I heard, <laughs>
0: I well, maybe they should. <laughs> Turns out. Maybe they should because... BuzzFeed, three days ago, did this huge expose saying that they found that more than 200 companies have Clearview accounts. These are companies like Kohl's and Walmart and banks like Wells Fargo and Banks of America. Mm -hmm. What do they need it for? Why would they need to identify Good question. Because as far as I know, Walmart isn't a law enforcement agency or security (laughs) professional. Not yet. Yeah. So it goes in a BuzzFeed article, it says, for a company that maintains its tools are for law enforcement. Clearview's client list includes a startling number of private companies in industries like entertainment. So Madison Square Garden and Eventbrite. Gaming, Las Vegas Sands and Panchega Resort casinos. Sports, get this, the NBA. Fitness, Equinox. I don't know if Equinox. And also cryptocurrency, Coinbase. So you know, I don't know how you feel. Like, say you go to your gym and some guy who's working there in the CCTV can grab a picture from CCTV of you at your gym and slap it up in the software because they happen to have what a security tag?
1: No <laughs> guy is ever going to get a photograph of me at the gym. I'm not. It's, <laughs> I can tell you right now, it ain't going to happen. <laughs>
0: I know. I just find this spooky. I'm like a hundred percent not okay with this, but I'd love to know what you guys think.
1: So what, what is the intention? So for instance, is the intention? Let's take the example of, uh, Walmart, Walmart's so a supermarket thing,
0: right? Like I'll just set the scene if you want and then yeah. you can tell me, right? So let's say they are working on surveillance cameras, which many articles have been talking about and they get the software to work with it. Right. This could be sitting inside a hotel lobby, for instance, mm-hmm. or any public place. Mm-hmm. You say one of you has a, you know, someone who's a very diehard fan, Dave. Mm. right mm-hmm. and they see um, you know they happen to uh, you know be working at a hotel and you walk in
1: they take a picture they're a cyber wire groupie a cyber wire groupie a hacking right. humans harlot
0: right and then <laughs> right away they know where you live where you know they, just from your face they're able to well in fact you were recognised weren't you you were recognised RSA, say weren't you in the uh, yes in the gents <laughs>
2: <sighs> yes uh, yes, it was a it was a milestone in my life. Uh, so your hands were busy. My hands were busy. I'm standing there in the men's room taking care of some business, lined up with people on either side of me. When I hear from my, my left, this is
0: a number one, right? Uh,
2: aren't you, that oh. that would be correct, Carol? <laughs> okay,
0: just
2: uh, they don't <clears throat> tend to line up if they're doing anything else. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. Oh boy. So, uh, hey, aren't you Dave? Uh, 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 yes <laughs> Yes I am I said to this person This kindly gent Did
1: you turn to him Exactly I turned and marked my territory immediately <laughs> uh, Said
2: mm-hmm.
1: I, wouldn't recommend, I yes, wouldn't recommend that
2: Yes He had to change his shoes <laughs> um, I said uh, Let's step outside of my office And continue this conversation
1: Oh. What oh. a place for it to happen. The, the last stronghold of man's privilege. Mm-hmm. Uh, I suppose you were yep.
0: probably glad there was no handshakes uh, because oh, the coronavirus has oh. probably been putting that off. So no, we, we've
1: come up with some novel alternatives. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: There was shaking, but it wasn't had nothing to do with hands.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, my story's done. I can't go back. Not after that. <laughs>
2: There you go. I just want to point out who opened that door. Who
0: opened that door? (laughs) You're welcome, everyone. (laughs) This week's
1: Smashing Security podcast is sponsored by Domain Tools. They help security analysts turn threat data into threat intelligence. Now, Domain Tools have something special to offer listeners this week, and I've got a special guest to tell us all about it. That's right, Graham. A study has been done into how automation is changing IT security, and specifically the staffing of IT departments. Oh, thanks very much. And I'm guessing that although there are challenges, automation can help increase the productivity of IT security teams? That's correct, Clue. And there are still some roles that are better done by human beings. So don't panic. Marvelous. Visit DomainTools.com Smashing to learn more and download the report.
0: Did you know that LastPass Enterprise gives a vault for every single user? In fact, every user can have both a work vault and a personal vault. If you want to make your organization safer and reduce friction for users, why not check out LastPass Enterprise at smashingsecurity.com forward slash LastPass. Oh, And as part of Digital Transformation Expo, LastPass is throwing a shindig with complimentary drinks and nibbles for fellow security professionals like you and me. This is at the Science and Industry Museum. You'll see me do a keynote, which I promise will be hilarious. Plus, you can take part in a hot debate where we can answer the real questions out there. Panel includes smashing security guest Lisa Forte. Don't miss it. So check your calendars for Wednesday, March 25th and sign up at smashingsecurity.com forward slash LastPass. And welcome back. And you join us at our favourite part
1: of the show, the part of the show that we like to call Pick Pick of the Week.
0: Pick of the Week.
1: Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week is the part of the show where everyone chooses something they like. Could be a funny story, a book that they've read, a TV show, a movie, a record, a podcast, a website or an app. Whatever they wish. Doesn't have to be security-related necessarily.
0: After RSA, it better not be. (laughs) Well,
1: never fear. My pick of the week is not security-related. Excellent. My pick of the week is a website called Amazon Dating. Uh, It's at AmazonDating.co. Okay. And if you go through to it, if you click on... Is this a safe website? The link, well, I don't know, but I've clicked on it. If you go to
0: Amazon <laughs> oh, well, Dating... Oh, there, there's a
2: there's an endorsement. <laughs> if
0: you go to
1: amazondating.co, it looks like it's a new feature from Amazon, where they are offering... <laughs> Hot singles near you, over 20,000 you know results.
0: What? A friend of mine is recently single and I am desperate to get them online. I could do this. Well, <laughs> Why are there prices, Graham?
1: Well, exactly. So you can order. You can, some of these people come with free one-hour delivery uh, and are available to meet today. And if you click through to the profiles scroll, there are criteria such as um, fit, as expected 73% say about will 33
0: Catherine has <laughs> 2312 hits
1: and uh
0: you <laughs> she's worth you, a whopping $300 oh there's you, a sale a one penny sale
1: you find out their love language and some facts about them and there are reviews as well um from people who've tried them out in the past uh, so you can find out <laughs> they're <rate>. right now <laughs> you can add this them to the cart this is the most
0: ridiculous thing ever I was... <laughs> Who did this? Who created this? I don't this?
1: know. It is, of course, not really done by the real Amazon. Um, <laughs> sorry to disappoint you, Carol. Um, oh. This is a joke website, but it's rather wonderful. And it's quite funny <laughs> as you dig deeper into it. Um, <laughs> if you go to Prime Video, for instance, rather than taking to Amazon Prime Video, it takes you to Chat Roulette. Um, <laughs> it's... Mm. Um, and it, there's a there's a link saying don't see what you're looking for, and uh, that takes you to Netflix oh. instead.
0: I love uh, how it's like in stock by Amazon Basics. Trained it, as a barista, famous on TikTok, has child won't text back.
1: <laughs> you know but I, this reminds one me
0: used from ninety five cents. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, you know Amazon, the real Amazon sells all manner of goods, and uh, including that they sell condoms. But if you go and search for condoms on Amazon, over on the side, it'll say, this item is available used. <laughs> There's no discount great enough to make that worthwhile.
1: Uh, it's quite a lot of work someone has put into this, but uh, I, I do find it quite amusing. Um, mm. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, there it is. Um, I saw it a couple of weeks ago, and I thought, oh, I must share that with people. Oh, here we are. I've just found the link. Hello, what is this about? And it says it is a joke website. And it says it was created by a couple of what, people. What, in the about? Oh, yeah, I see. Yes. It. Annie Acopian, Susie Shin uh, are the people who worked on it, along with a chap called Morgan Gruer. Um, but uh, I how really, fun it really tickled me, and I, I think it's a wonderful piece of design. I just you know think what? they I, should be
0: very careful though with the logo. That's what I think. I think they've done it too closely uh, well, to the actual Amazon logo. It has been up for, a, for at least some weeks, and I'm surprised that
1: it hasn't been brought down so far. Mm. Maybe this is where Jeff Bezos is looking for his uh, next wife. I don't know. But uh. Amazon does
2: have a pretty good sense of humor <laughs> overall, though. No. They, with reviews
1: and things, they they allow a lot. There are some very funny items aren't there on Amazon. I remember seeing a Bic Biro pen which had about 12,000 reviews selling for about 12 pence and people <laughs> just two, saying <laughs> my two favorites are there there are you can buy a gallon of milk on Amazon
2: and the reviews are are priceless. Uh, the other notable thing you can buy is a 55 gallon drum full of lube. <laughs>
1: Anyway, amazondating.co is my pick of the week.
0: I've fallen in, fall in love with when I'm buying one. I'm, I'm just going to take it seriously. Ooh,
1: who, are you, who are you going for? This
0: is, this is my guy.
1: Oh, This
0: is my guy. He reminds me a little bit of my husband just in the hairiness.
1: Cookie monster. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: God. Look at all the little pictures. I love it.
1: Cookie. Isn't that fun? Beautiful. Okay, Amazon great dating.co. pick of the week. Excellent. Dave, what's your pick of the week?
2: So my pick of the week is actually uh, an old radio show that uh, years ago, I remember this show would run on Sunday mornings here on the local uh, NPR station. And I suppose, Graham, you may be familiar with this. It's from the BBC and it's an old quiz show
1: called My Word. Oh, my goodness. This is is such a blast from the past. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'll
0: just I'll be quiet and listen because I know nothing about this.
1: It was a, mm. it was a quite gentle sort of parlour game. I'm sorry, I'm stealing it from you, David. No, but, no, so, go on, go on. But it was it was a lovely, gentle parlour game. I think it was on BBC Radio Four. There was also My Music, where they, but I I didn't mm-hmm. like My Music as much. My word was more no. like a cup of tea. And, yeah, my um, word was funnier and and more yes, clever. I think. Yes, I think on My Music they often tried to show off how much they knew about music, whereas My Word had um, Dennis Norden and Frank Muir on mm-hmm. it for decades. And they were a very funny uh, couple of writers for radio and TV shows. Um, Frank Muir always wore a great, big, great big pink uh, bow tie, and uh, <laughs> but they they, 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 they. This is real gentle, wonderful humor. My word, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, they, David, I, they, I'm, I'm amazed you know about it as well.
2: Oh, I've great affection for it, and I can just uh, whenever I think of this show, I always hear uh, the host saying, "And Scott James." I don't know why. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> hear that and the show would always end with uh, these ridiculous stories that they would spin <laughs> that ended up being just painful puns. Um, the example that they have here is: uh, so you want to know where supercalifragilisticexpialidocious comes from? Yeah. Why it's just a shopping list including a remedy for someone with bad <laughs> breath, soup, a collie, frigilastic eggs, pea. Halitosis, <laughs> and then they, and then so then after they now would you know say, say something here. like this, <laughs> all the panelists would go, oh. <laughs> because they were very they're they're very polite Brits. Yes, <laughs> so, uh, yes. There's something soothing about uh, in, in in today's chaotic world. There's something very soothing and comforting and uh, intellectually satisfying about this show. So. I have a link to the uh, the BBC page about it, but also an episode. They're, they're all over YouTube. If you search for
1: my word, BBC, you'll find them, and they're, they're great fun. It is very much from yesteryear, isn't it? Mm-hmm. it, does it. It's, yes, it, yes. We don't really put out shows like this anymore. But, uh, no, yeah. no. Good Sunday afternoon listening. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Very erudite, David. <laughs> Excellent. As if I knew what erudite was. It's kind of glue, isn't it? Uh, yeah, Crow, what's up. your pick of the week?
0: Well, this past weekend, I actually spent digging, like literally moving a pile of earth the size of like a humongous crocodile from one side of the garden to the other.
1: Are, are you burying someone? What's going on? <laughs> what you, what
0: I'm are preparing you up to? for your visit, Graham. You know, show <laughs> um, No, uh, it's just we're doing some garnish, gardenage thingy. So, uh, but every muscle in my body hurts. But during this, it took me about sixty wheelbarrows to move all that stuff, and wow. every muscle hurts today. But during this uh, three-hour stretch, I had to find a podcast to listen mm, to, right? Obviously, and I wanted something brand new, and I found something kooky and i'm sharing it with you guys so uh my pick of the week is called solve and it's from iHeartRadio. radio it All is right. an audio drama graham <laughs> uh. podcast now it's kind of cool because it's interactive where the audience plays the detective so you hear a murder scene you then have <laughs> interviews like each kind of Player of the scene kind of talks, and you know maybe a best friend comes forward and they say this and da da da. And at the end, before they get to their sponsors, they say, "Okay, who did it?" And they give you a list of people that possibly did it, a bit like Murder She Wrote. Right. And then it goes off for the break, right? The sponsor break. Okay. Then it comes back and it says, "The person who did this crime was, in fact, Hazel, the mother of the character." And then they explain <laughs> how you could have spotted it and uh what the giveaway was and it's kind of cute so i can give you if you'd like one of the write-ups of one of them like one of the one of those stories oh okay that they yeah have. that'd be great yeah, yeah? yeah. okay yeah. hold on hold mm-hmm. on hold on let me get this for you okay so this is called the old hollywood hotel the morning after she arrived in los angeles famous influencer eloise fam was found floating in a pool of the historic old hollywood hotel now it's up to you to interrogate her family friends and fans to figure out who would extinguish this rising star so you'd get to hear from her family, friends, fans, and you would just get a few clues as to who might do it. And then Interesting. kind of fun. Now Was it's it not fun? for kids. Yeah, it is kind of fun. Now, okay, I've done a lot a scene, something is given away at the last scene. So you hmm. really kind of were only sitting there really knowing.
1: Is it the case that after hearing the drama, it could have been any of them? And it's all down to the explanation. It's like, um, oh, OK, you know, but they could have just as easily have said it was someone else. And just-
0: Yes. But for example, they might have like, uh, say there was like four men and one woman who were, might be up for a suspect. Right? right. And then the last scene, you might hear the high heel clip clap across the floor. Uh, doesn't mean anything no. these days. Right, exactly. <laughs> That's what I think. Toast. But Mm -hmm. uh, so there's, yes. Anyway, quite fun. They're probably about, I don't know, half an hour each, something like that. And there's about 10 of them. And I found them, they're well acted. They're kind of nightly. It just feels nice. There's something nice about them. And they're quite fun. Not for kids. There is a bit of swearing. It's not like only adult, but it's, you know, I don't know. Use your judgment. (laughs) Bit of damn you. If you listen to this, you can listen to that. (laughs) (laughs) If you listen to this. And that is my pick of the week.
1: Well, excellent. Well, Krill, on that cultural note, so you would call that a podcast, would you? I'd call it an audio drama, Grim. Which is, yeah, in this particular case, it's in the form of a podcast. Thank you very much. I think we've agreed that. That just about wraps it up on that definition. You're so right. (laughs) Thank you. As always. Um, Dave, lots of our listeners already follow you. And stalk you into the men's room. But what's the what's That's the best That's
0: where he loves to meet you guys, so to,
1: <laughs> Right. To find uh, you? you can
2: check us out at thecyberwire.com I'm also on Twitter at Bittner B I T T N E R.
1: Those are the places to find me marvellous and you can follow us on twitter at smash insecurity no g twitter and not us to have a g and you can also join us on reddit there is a smashing security subreddit up there and don't forget if you want to be sure never to miss another episode the best thing you can do is subscribe in your favorite podcast app do whether it, it be, yes do it whether it be apple podcasts google podcasts spotify
0: or Pocket Casts. Go and do it today. I can't believe I've become that people begging for people to subscribe. What happened to Mm. us? (laughs) Now, shout out first to all of you guys for listening this week and every week supporting us on Patreon and giving us reviews. Keep them coming. Uh, And also huge thank you to this week's Smashing Security sponsors, LastPass and Domain Tools. Their support helps us give you this show for free. Check out smashingsecurity.com for past episodes, sponsorship details, and information on how to get in touch with us. Until next time. Cheerio. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. So long. Farewell. guys you guys feel fine right you both were at rsa there was a lot of people there people keep kind of talking is there a pandemic mm-hmm. not no there's no one you're all okay we're all okay so far yeah 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 it's fine so, far, no, so good No, yeah everything's work
1: every well everything's in as working order as it normally is mm-hmm. you know yeah everything's and working in an age-appropriate way i <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I, I have decided, though, that the podcast Pleasure Palace here at the bottom of my garden, um, I think this is probably where I'm going to isolate myself. I've got a nice big sofa. I've Huge got an internet TV. connection. I could be mm-hmm. fine. So if I do catch anything, I'll be all right. We can still do the show, right? Oh, you hack up a lung?
0: Ew, I wonder what that sounds like on a mic...
2: <laughs> it sounds like his laugh. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, exactly. They won't know the, it's the difference. Same, it's the same yeah. sound. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so offensive. Mutley the dog.
1: Right. I'm going to hit stop on that.